Welcome to the Broad Story Project. In these times of COVID-19, the world is a crazy jungle of contradictions. One place broads instinctively turn to for solace is our memories, stories from our pasts that have shaped us and remain part of us, defining what we value and what gives us joy. Suez Jacobson leads this project. She is a writer, the executive producer of the film Wild Hope, and serves on the Broad's board of directors. I'm Suez Jacobson. Today, I'm speaking with great old bro, Jeff Sember. Jeff, before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, I'm Jeff Samber, and I'm old to Colorado, moved here in 78, but new to Durango, just moved here last August. I'm loving it here, joined the great old broads, and I just, I blog, I write stories, I wrote a book, so when I saw it out on the website, I was like, huh, let me, let me send in this one story that, that people seem to like, so that's how we met. All right, it's a great one, and how did you get involved with broads? Uh, you know, when I first moved here, it was the third organization, actually third or fourth organization I joined. And uh, I re-upped just a couple of weeks ago already. I, I like the message you guys have and the advocacy program you're pushing. I already took part in the FENS re- restoration, and I'm going to be doing that in a couple of days again because I enjoyed it so much. So I think you guys are doing great work. It's good to have a bro represented here. Broads are not all just women. We have our share of bros, and so it's great to hear your voice here as a great old bro for wilderness. So tell us this story that people like so well. Oh, well, it's uh, it's more of a tribute to my father. Um, we, we were My uh, family was basically uh, a product of the Holocaust. Uh, my parents met in the Bronx. And, you know, without the Holocaust, they would have never met because my mom was from Vienna and my father was from a small town near uh, Ludge, Poland. And the Holocaust brought him to the U.S. It was a choice of um, escape or get killed. So they both escaped and they met. And uh, they had three sons, and I'm the youngest. And my father, who was a tailor by profession, we would go in this, in the, from the Bronx, we would go up to what they called the Jewish Alps, the Catskills. One year, he grabbed a bucket and he put a little white pine seedling in it. And he brought it back down to the Bronx where we were living in his, in a house. And he stuck it in the garden. And I'm watching him do this whole thing. And, and he looks at me and he goes, Jeffy, one day this tree is going to be bigger than the house. You'll see, you'll see. And I'm like, yeah, right. And eventually there was one storm that came in and it knocked the tree down and broke it in half. My father took a couple of sticks, some twine, and some cloth and put it all back together, and the tree continued to grow. What happened was, you know, many I left the Bronx in 78, before that actually, when I was back for a visit to see what the family that remained in New York I um, went by the house in the Bronx, and sure enough, that tree was bigger than the house. So, but the point I'm making is, you know, your parents, they, they're they're wiser than you think they are. You know, planting trees is good, so you go back and, wow, you know, he, he turned out to be right on this one. I got a degree in forestry, that's what brought me out of the West. So I don't know if it was that white pine that did it, but I know it probably didn't hurt either. So that's kind of the story. You also tell stories about how you plant trees, and then you oh, find yeah. homes for them. Can you yeah, tell us a yeah. little bit about that? Those stories. Well, 
Yeah, sure. I was a homeowner in Port Collins where I was on the fire department. You know, went to work on planting trees everywhere. And of course, as we know, you know, the, the squirrels will grab a peach pit and bury it. And guess what? You get a peach tree. So I would always, I would have all these volunteer trees popping up, uh, oaks that I planted. They were volunteering apples and peaches and I had a lot of different things, some maples. So I mean, I, call around to my friends and say, hey, you want a tree? And they'd come by. And, you know, I, I, we'd go out there and, and, and they'd dig up what they wanted. And I always tell them, you know, be good to this tree. You know, I'd always try to get them to come in the fall, knowing that the tree would have a better chance of making it, you know, than going going into uh, dormancy and then trying to survive the sweltering summers that started to happen on the front range. So, you know, and, and I just would tell them, you know, I get visitation rights. So either way, you know, what my father did was, I don't know, maybe planted a tree in me. I don't know. Oh, that's wonderful. You also, I've heard you talk about how you made sure these trees got good parents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I also, I gauged on the kind of garden these people had. I mean, if you, if you went by and there was nothing but weeds and dead stuff, it was probably not a good a good idea to give it to them. So I was I wasn't just an open you know hey come and get a tree it was, you know, I was being pretty selective. They were my little green kids. So as a parent for these trees, it seems you had some pretty deep unconditional love for the trees. Would you would you call it love or what would you call it? Oh I uh, well like I said I blog and uh, a bunch of my blogs were you know tree based. Where I, when I went to the redwoods I wrote a blog about that. And, you know, and then when I went to see the uh, bristlecone pine stand that's in Great Basin National Park, which now has the oldest, no, it used to have the oldest tree in the world. Now now it has just a lot of old trees, but the oldest tree in the world lived there until somebody came and cut it down because he was doing some experiment. Now the oldest tree in the world is in the um, White Mountains of California. So I wrote about that one also. I, I have, you know, I got a degree in forestry. I like trees. Naturally, as a writer and a blogger, Jeff wrote his story and sent it to us. In that story, he said, plant a tree. It's good for the soul. Suez asked him to elaborate. Well, I think when my father, you know, like I said, it was pretty dubious when he told me like I was six years old, this tree's going to be bigger than the house. And I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. And I come back. And I guess that's what the what the feeling of it gave it was good for my soul to actually see you know the tree was still alive after all these years and and my father, who at that point already passed away, yeah, he turned out to be right on it. It did get bigger than the house. Well, do you have any final remarks you want to leave us with about finding solace in nature and with trees well i'm uh, like i said i'm uh I'm out there often I'm sure enjoying it and uh, I'll be, I'm looking forward to, to living here and wish this COVID thing was on like everybody else so we could get back into some good volunteering and, uh, you know, hoping, hopefully making a difference out there. All right. Well, Broads is good at that, getting out on the land and practicing stewardship. So we thank you so much for your help and for your support and your participation in this storytelling. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Okay. Well, thank you. And everybody be safe out there. Don't miss the next episode of the Broad Story Project. You'll find links to other stories on our website under News on the Broad Story Project page.